Hello, and welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg, and I just recorded a fantastic introduction and realized that my microphone was muted the entire time. So I'm going to go ahead and do this again. Uh, I have been in a little creative cave for some time. I've been working on my second book, and as a consequence of that, I've stopped sending email newsletters. I haven't really been posting on Instagram. I haven't recorded very many new podcasts in quite some time. I've been hunkered down with the muse trying to write some cool stuff. And I neglected to record an introduction to this conversation with Johnny some months ago when we recorded it. And he wanted me to hold on to the interview and post it once his new book was out which it is, and it's called Design the Man Within, and you can grab it now anywhere books are sold. But because of uh, my negligence in stopping to record the introduction immediately after the conversation, I forgot what we talked about. This was two or three months ago that we recorded, and so what I did was I went back and played the episode for myself to nudge my brain and my memory into remembering what the heck we talked about. And you know what? This episode's really good. I was intending to only listen for about five minutes, and I ended up listening to the first 20 or 30 minutes because I was enthralled in the conversation. Johnny's a really wonderful communicator. We have a lot of fun in this one. We laugh a lot. He is a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger. He served multiple tours of combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. He ended up moving to Baghdad, where he worked as a bodyguard to the U.S. ambassador to Iraq. So he lived in Baghdad for five years. Uh, He went through a divorce, had a series of hard times and hardships before diving into the work and getting himself some personal development. And now he leads men. He has a podcast himself called The Art of Masculinity. He has a wild man experience, which we talk about briefly, and that involves shooting very large weapons out of a moving helicopter. Uh, He's on Instagram. He has a website, all the standard stuff. But this conversation's great. Johnny's a a really fun, playful personality, and we have similar energies. Um, We end up diving quite deeply into the differentiation between passion and purpose, how you can uncover and inspire yourself to live a life with more passion and purpose. It's a a good conversation. It's nutritious. And I think you're going to love it. So thanks for being here. Thanks for your patience in awaiting new episodes. And I will be talking more to you soon. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Johnny L. Sasser. Johnny L. Sasser, welcome back to the podcast. Round two. Here we go. Yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment, bro. No, I, <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you letting me back on to uh, serve your community and, and kind of hop on here and just have another conversation, brother. Yeah. Yeah. You reached out on Instagram. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll talk to you again. This sounds great. I remember loving our last one. Uh, the last conversation, I remember you were running some kind of an event where people could like shoot machine guns out of a helicopter or something. 
Do I, do I remember that right? <laughs> it was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the semi-automatics and uh, yeah, they they weren't on full auto uh, for the helicopter part. We did put them on full auto for some other shooting, but yeah, I, I was doing men's events down. One of them is in Corpus Christi where I was taking guys out. And part of that one was they get to go on a helicopter and shoot out of uh, the helicopter at targets, which is a lot of fun and dudes really dig that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still stuck with me. I've, I talked to you a couple of years ago <laughs> and I remember this like GI Joe boot camp retreat experience thinking like, that sounds cool. I've never shot gun <laughs> out of a helicopter. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe you can give an intro as to who you are and your background so that that yeah, yeah. experience will make a little bit more sense to those listening. <laughs> They're like, who's this crazy, you know, redneck out there just shooting guns out of helicopters? No, 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 no. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm former special operations U.S. Army Ranger, and then I used to protect the U.S. ambassador to Iraq. I spent a decade in and out of the Middle East between Iraq and Afghanistan, multiple combat tours. Uh, when I was doing protection, I was working for a private company and spent about a um, majority of, of five years just living out of Baghdad, to be honest. Uh, there wasn't much time that I spent back at home. So that was kind of my life for early on. And you know, when I finally hit my rock bottom, uh, that ended in a divorce and ended in me just really feeling lost in my life. When I got back from doing all those jobs overseas, um, realized I had to like kind of reframe who I was and, and renegotiate kind of the man I wanted to be in society. Cause a lot of who I was in those environments didn't lend itself to being very much a healthy man outside of those environments. Um, and it also didn't, put me in the position to create a circle of men around me that were elevating me as opposed to just kind of keeping me in the same place. So I had to do a lot of introspection and did a lot of my own education and um, research into the men's space, started to do my own practices and self-development, put myself in courses and get mentors and things like that. And uh, came up with doing the podcast, The Art of Masculinity, to start to really you know try to help men. And it's really to help men kind of find themselves uh, find, I, I try to be careful saying help find their purpose. I'm a big believer. And I write about this in, in my new book, design the man within that. Like I talk about p the difference between passion and purpose. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, any one of us can help each other find passion. We can help cultivate that, but passion is fleeting. And in that though, sometimes you can find purpose. You can find something that you really do latch onto is like, Oh my gosh, that's my purpose. But when I ask somebody like, what, what uh you need to find your purpose let's talk about this i'm like you're not going to do that in five minutes i'm sorry dude or even an hour you're not going to do that in a day like that's something that's going to be so forced uh, it's got to be something that happens organically so anyways when i was uh you know creating the podcast and really getting into the men's space i really wanted to help guys just find some authenticity with themselves and then from there like you know it would improve when you're authentic with yourself you know this is that like you're going to improve every area of your life because you're going to start to have confidence. You're going to feel a lot of pride in who you are. You're going to carry yourself differently. So I wanted to create the podcast and then started doing coaching around, you know, helping guys. And this is where I came up with my men's events where I was able to blend two worlds together. I got to blend my abilities, my capabilities from the military and from protection with coupling that with men's development. So what we did was we would create a really cool, uber masculine environment um, 
And then we would get guys into these real honest and open and vulnerable conversations during typically during mealtime. And then in the evenings when we were hanging around a big bonfire, but it was just a, it's a really fun environment that I love being a part of. I like being a bro still. I like playing cornhole and joking around. And then I also like sitting next to a fire and talking about, dude, I'm really struggling right now with this area of my life or my relationship isn't going well, or like whatever it is that I'm, that I'm really working through in my life. I want to be able to have that community where I can talk with them. So I, I do love that. And so I wanted to bring that to men. And so I got that ability to couple my past life with my current life. And it, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a lot of fun. So not just a, a crazy redneck shooting guns out of a helicopter, but that component got to be added in because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Not just that character, but certainly partially that character, I think is a fair, <laughs> fair description. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair description. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I, I think it's important too that you highlight the fun aspect of doing this work because I feel like the perception amongst a lot of people is that you go on a retreat or you go on a men's work event yeah, and it is a sad suck fest and everybody's crying and hugging and reliving trauma and all you're doing is having intense conversations and my experience you know running events and then i attended one with traver Baum and my buddy connor beaton does this too is is that there is a bunch of levity and it is a bunch of dudes being dudes and laughter and lightness and you can have fun while also doing the work and so i think that is just an important thing to leave with the listener now. Yeah. Yo, it doesn't have to be all the gnarly intensity. It can still be entertaining and and joyful. Absolutely. And that that was like, uh, I had, I don't know if you know, Philip Folsom or if you've heard of him, but he's, he works with Joshua Wenner on the K4 men's project. It's really, really great community of men. And, uh, but Philip Folsom, he's kind of an elder in the men's space. And he went through the first transition of like men's development back in the 80s and 90s. And back then, uh, they didn't, what you were referring to prior to that about like what people thought men's retreats and stuff were, was really what they used to be. So I think it's been ingrained in men to be like, oh man, come on. Like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I get it. I know there's some deep places I, I get to go to or want to go to, but man, do I want to do that for four days and be stuck with guys on the weekend and always doing that? And that's kind of what it was. And that's why I also lost my opinion, like 97% of men. I think that only catered to 3% of men that was that were already kind of in that spiritual space and in that shadow work space. But then 97% of men got left behind and then the movement failed. And so... I love hearing about Connor and uh, Trevor and then like a lot of the men that I know, you know, we're trying to change the the atmosphere of what men's work used to be that didn't really take and capture the average guy. And, and it's beautiful to know that there's other men out there like wanting to capture a different perspective of what development could be and how you can relate that conversation in a really cool and fun environment and also have some of those aspects that allows these men to go deeper. Yeah. I love just imagining you sitting around planning event and then being like, wait, what if we rented a helicopter? And like, (laughs) what if we got some big guns and like what if we took the guns in the helicopter and then (laughs) did the men's work you know uh yeah so good good. but uh i want to go back to a couple things maybe 
one that I'm intrigued about is, and I can't remember if we talked about this in the first conversation, but you living in Baghdad, Iraq, essentially doing very dangerous things for five years of your life and then popping back into reality in America. Yeah. Can you just say a little bit more about what that was like? Yeah, this is, it's a big, uh, for me, I, I recognize the transition and I'm able to relate with obviously a lot of veterans who have gone through that process um, or are going through that process. And then I also can relate a lot with our law enforcement because they they tend to find a big struggle when they decide to leave law enforcement and go to the quote unquote, the real world. Um, I've also found that it's actually a very similar mind kind of mind transition for professional athletes. So I've had a lot of professional athletes on my show and like they've struggled very similarly to what we kind of do. So, so even though it was a, it's a dangerous, ours is a really dangerous environment and theirs is just a very high level elite environment. The mindset seems to be very similar. And I think it's because the fact that we, we really do lose purpose and we create uh, an idea of who we are as men around what we're doing. And I think a lot of people do that in general in society, but there's no dramatic shift for them, which is why the transition is so much harder for people in dangerous environments or people in very elite environments um, is that we realize there's a shift and then that, that purpose goes away really quick. And then all of a sudden you're left holding a bag saying, Oh, I gotta, I gotta write something for myself. Like I, this was already given to me. I showed up to the military and they said, this flag right here, this flag, that's your purpose. Okay, cool. Done. I get to do that. Right. And then it's like, you know, you get to a sports team and the sports team's like, Hey, this thing on your helmet or this thing on your Jersey, that's your bigger purpose, right? Like that team. Right. And so it's like, all this is kind of written for us when we're in those environments. And when we separate from them, we have to create that purpose. So when I came out of there, uh, the transition for me, I was very vigilant, like, because especially doing protection, I was always having to look around and and watch and make sure I knew you could relatively assess with, with pretty good accuracy people's intent, right? Or what they were doing. So I would constantly do that. Um, I had a lot of judgment towards other, specifically other men in, in society because like they weren't on my level of like vigilance and protection and all these other things because I did this for a living for 10 years. So I'm like, okay, like I would judge them. So we'd have a conversation and I couldn't allow myself to be friends or get close with them to have another brother in my life because I was like, oh, there's this guy's like, he's just a little weakling. Like he can't do anything. He couldn't save anybody or protect. Like he doesn't even look around. Like he's, he doesn't even have peripherals. He doesn't even see anything that's going on. And you're like, so you have all this judgment that you're carrying around uh, and it prevents you from really connecting with people because they can't resonate to like where you are or who you have come from. And so a lot of that was kind of part of my transition as well. And then the lack of purpose, I, I really just lost that. And that's what created a lot of my downfall was like, I was, I didn't know how to write that for myself at, at the time. I wasn't aware. I hadn't done any kind of like personal. In fact, I thought personal development was for weak people. I thought it was for people who couldn't handle their problems. Um, now I look at it and I'm like, no, they're, they're actually very good at handling their problems. <laughs> so it was a very, very interesting conversation I had to have with myself. But during that transition, it, it took a lot out of me. Um, and I, that's, you know, when you go through all of that at the same time, this is why I believe a lot of us from the military in general, uh, not even just special operations, but the military in general, and then from you know these other areas, these other walks of life, 
why it's so hard is it, it, or why they start diving into vices is because we just don't know how to handle it. So we start getting into whatever recreational vice there is. Some people become addicted to, you know, uh, working out, which actually isn't the worst thing. Right. But some people, which is kind of what I did. That's what, that's where I went. Cause then I did bodybuilding afterwards and that was really fun. Uh, but it was also, you know, kind of like I saw that world for what it was and there's a lot of toxicity there too. But then you get people that are latched on to alcohol and drugs and all that stuff. And it all happens similarly because we just can't handle what we're going through and we weren't given the tools to do that. And so being from that world, you know, especially always looking at everybody as a threat, like that's the other thing that I had to carry with me that I had to really condition myself not to do like like wouldn't allow myself to get close to people because I'd be like, Oh, that there's a, if I let them too close, then they'll use whatever it is against me. And then, or they'll, that'll make me vulnerable to them. And then they might take advantage of it. And I think a lot of men actually are plagued with that in general, but that's gets hyper inflated when you're coming from a job like I was. Um, so it was all, it was a combination of all those things that I had to kind of confront after I got out from that environment. When you were talking about that, I, I imagined us meeting just at a random like outdoor barbecue and, and like just chatting with you. And then, and, and you just talked to me thinking like, this fucking guy has no idea where the the exits are. (laughs) He doesn't even know the highest likelihood of finding a a weapon in this place. Like what a, right. Yeah. Jason Bourne style. <laughs> but um, something you touched on, though, and I, I think at the core of that is this sense of identity, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the foundation upon which we build our lives. And so, for those listening that might not be a professional athlete or ex special forces, or the few of you that maybe are both, that would be amazing. But like <laughs> mothers, you know, their their children go off to college, and suddenly the the mothers and the fathers. Like, who am I now if not a parent? Or you get laid off from a job and who am I now without this job or this career or this title? And that sense of lostness because the thing which you anchored yourself to has been removed and you're suddenly Mm -hmm. adrift in overwhelm and possibilities, not necessarily feeling secure internally or or with your own self without those things. Does that feel resonant? That is, that's huge. You actually hit what I like to kind of refer to as one of the biggest problems with, with people in general, um, is that they defer their happiness to an external source. So I find a lot of guys and I call guys out on this all the time. Cause I'm just like, when you start to peel away at the onion, when you ask them these questions, they, you start to realize they have, they have no legs to stand on. And, and that at the root of everything is just a lack of belief in themselves. But one of the things that I hear a lot of people, especially fathers and mothers, is that like they are, uh, they say they live their life for their kids. And I'm like, okay, so when your kid's out of your house at 18 years old, who do you live your life for? Because that can't be your purpose. Yeah, your purpose is supposed to be lifelong, right? Like if we're all we're all kind of in agreement that the, your life's purpose, we say it that way for a reason. It can't be your kids because most of y'all don't sit there and like live for your kids when they're out of the house or they go to college and they get their own jobs and all that stuff. No. And so like same thing in relationships, I find uh, a lot of men lose their identity and women lose their identity because they become codependent. 
And that codependency drives a fractured relationship, which drives unhappiness. And I see that all the time as well. And so you hit the nail on the head of, of like a very big issue because they lose their, people lose their identity a lot because what they, what they had created as a foundation of who they were was actually not built out of consciousness and awareness and intention. It was built out of subconsciousness and programming, typically from like the earlier ages in our, in our uh, life. It was built that time. So then when it gets confronted, it's easily toppled, pushed and bowled over um, when they get confronted, especially when you come with something like passion, infatuation and, you know, love, right? So that ends up toppling it over and there's no identity that you're holding on to. So like you said, now I have to go create this new identity. And then, and most people don't know how to do that. And you're right. There's certain occasions where, whether it's somebody leaving a job, um, or whether it's a kid leaving a house, there's certain situations in which the average person finds that transitionary time that it does feel similar to what happens to, you know, an athlete or a first responder or a veteran coming out of that kind of job. So they lose themselves. They don't create that identity. And then they really struggle with how to get things back. And then that's where the toxicity in their life starts to permeate from one piece to another. And so I love that you brought that up because that is something that I think a lot of people do struggle with, to be honest. Yeah. And even if you don't necessarily struggle with it, even if you're content with who you are, in my experience, sometimes you kind of just get bored or tired or you lack any kind of desire or excitement for continuing that. And it's like, I want to do something else. I want to do something different. There's more to be seen or felt or discovered, but I don't really know what that is or how to even give attention or energy to that process. Right. It's like yeah. the next yeah. level, the next phase, the next thing. Um, well, yeah, and and a lot, say that? yeah, a lot of that. And to my belief, a lot of that is because the foundation isn't there. Like that is literally our foundations are what form our intentions with our lives. And if you can't understand what your foundations are, then you're always going to fluctuate when times become challenging or there's resistance and, or there's adversity, like whatever comes up, you're going to feel like it's insurmountable. And that even if you, even if it's a minor thing, even if you still feel like you're comfortable in life, you know, there's something more typically it's because you aren't, you haven't truly aligned your foundations in who you are with how you want to show up in this world. And that becomes a really painful, uh, confrontation because at the end of the day, some of these people find that that confrontation happens at like 40 years old. And they're like, bro, I've based my whole life on this. Like, what do you mean? My my whole life's been messed up. And it's like, well, it wasn't messed up, but you definitely weren't living in authenticity. Like, And so like now you get that opportunity to find that. And that's where I believe a lot of power is. So I think it just depends on how you embrace that. Um, and if if people, your listeners or people in general um, can embrace that with saying, okay, Dr. Wayne Dyer talks about this. Instead of looking at them as obstacles, look at them as opportunities. And it's like, okay, if you can look at these as opportunities, then you get the opportunity to evolve, to adapt, and then to make something, to allow for something different to be in your life. So I think that's a beautiful, that was one of the first books I read was uh, Excuses Be Gone. And that was one of the lines that stuck out to me because I was like, oh yeah, we, 
I, I do paint a picture of things being bad or things being hard and this being an obstacle or a roadblock. And it's like, no, it's an opportunity. Like it's an opportunity to show you, like, how do you get creative? How do you get around that? How do you adapt to it? How do you adapt your life or who you are to that to make sure that it doesn't come up and block you from doing or being who you want to be? So I think that's important. Yeah, you've reminded me of some quote or saying, and it's something like, don't ask for life to be easier, get stronger or something like that. <laughs> you know, like a good one. get better. Um, because life might not be easier, right? And and when you talk about laying that foundation, if you know deep down that you are capable of doing hard things and that you are strong and resourceful and have the tools and abilities, etc., like there's nothing that can take that away from you. You're you're almost unstoppable in any situation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. Okay, so, so then going back to this idea of passion versus purpose and developing purpose. And you said, it's not a, it's not a, a one hour deal. It's not a no. one minute epiphany, uh, unfortunately to those listening or uh, be aware of those <laughs> selling the seven yes. as he's sizzling tips <laughs> for 99 99 on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> how do you, uh, gosh, I just had this visual of you like in the Instagram ad, just you know, <laughs> dropping glitter and all the gold lettering of like Johnny L. Sasser's seven tips to purpose. Uh, <laughs> I'm so just my, my new offering. <laughs> new offering, bro. Your new niche. Um, <laughs> what is what is purpose to you, and how does one find it or cultivate it? You know, it's this is a, a great question. And honestly, I haven't talked about it much on the podcast. I wrote about it in the book because it was something I hear often. Like you said, like you'll see Instagram crap where people are like, five tickets to purpose, five tools to purpose. And you're like, bro, stop it. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Like it's for me, there's there's a difference. And passion and purpose look and potentially can feel the same, but they don't last the same. And I think that's the big difference. Purpose to me, when I think about that, is that every day you wake up, no matter how hard it gets, you're still excited to do it. Passion typically fleets when it gets hard because you're like, ah, this is a lot of work now. I'm going to go do something else. Like It's like, ah, that was fun for a lot. You know, every, every single person listening can say they can remember a time where they were like, yeah, it was fun while it lasted. Like, yeah, because it was passion. It wasn't purpose, right? It was fun while it lasted. And for me, that's actually how you find purpose is try out as many of the passions that come up in your life. If they last a week, two months, a year, whatever it is, take on those passions and enjoy them for that hot burning flame that they are. And then figure out if it turns into purpose. It's the only way you can really find it because you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to go meditate this morning for about an hour. And uh, hopefully I'm going to have the guides give me my purpose today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks guides. My purpose is to make shoes for turtles. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, it's just like, it's not going to happen. Like you just can't, you can't do it that way. And and so when I got into the self-development space, I'm just, I'm one of those guys, like, I'm like, listen, I'm not, I'm authentic with who I am. If I'm going to offer you something, I'm going to do everything in my power to be able to deliver that outcome. And I'm not going to just propose something to get your dollars. Right. But I saw a lot of people creating businesses on this. And a lot of them coaches were saying like, a lot of those coaches were like, oh yeah, well, you just got to find your why. And it's like, 
That is the that is the um the swindler's way of trying to say find your purpose and them not having an answer for what you're doing and what what you need to do. And so I was like, okay, this has got to be talked about because uh I just don't believe it's something that you're going to cultivate over a very short amount of time. I think you need to you need to have experience. You need to try things on and see how they fit. And if you've come to the conclusion that one of those things is something you wake up every day happy to do, even when it is a shit storm of everything going on around you and it doesn't seem to be working, that can probably be classified as your purpose. And that to me is where I find myself today. Like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say men's work was my purpose when I started. It became it became a passion of mine, and I knew it wasn't going to be super easy. And now I'm five years into it, and I'm like, I still wake up every day thinking, okay, what do I get to do this morning to move the needle to help men? What am I going to do, whether it's a post or whether it's creating a new freebie or whether it's whatever it is? I'm like, okay, how can I help men? And I'm starting to realize that if I didn't try it on, I wouldn't know that it was my purpose, but I, I'm starting to feel like it is my purpose right now. And who knows? Like I still would say, we'll see if it still is. But right now, it, it's starting to have that feeling to it because of the longevity of it. And because it has been really hard, it has not been easy to wake up and go and do podcasts. Uh, go, you know this, you know, podcasting, uh, creating things for people, um, trying to get people to realize that like you can help them in a way, and then like they actually probably need that in their life, and then trying to get up and you know do YouTube and all the other stuff that we have to do every day. It's not easy doing that stuff. It's easier to just hang it up and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this isn't great. I can just focus on one of these. But I get up every day doing all of them because of the fact that it, it brings enjoyment to me at the end of the day. And I feel good when I sit down and eat dinner and I'm like, all right, that was a great day, man. Yeah, it was kind of hard. I was building funnels today and I don't build fucking funnels like i was like great spending like six hours on one funnel uh and i'm like all right yeah this is great but like that's not fun to me and yet i still enjoy doing it so that would be my conversation around passion and purpose and i'd love to hear your thoughts on that too like do you have something for that yeah that's i'm loving this chat and i feel like this is something we could jam on for a while but just to briefly and i'm happy to share some thoughts but if passion from your description is this more alive, excitement, fast burning, kind of like fireworks of glitter vibe, what does purpose feel like? What kind of what kind of vibe is it? What does it say? How does it land in the in the body for those who are trying to navigate that distinction? Um, so I would say like I'm trying to put it in a in in a tangible kind of logical term because I could say I, I'll I can go the energetic route. Like for me, I've done human design and I've done work with a friend of mine who um we were doing gene keys and everything. And I realized a lot of my power, if I'm going to be aligned with something, it comes from like my sacral chakra, right? Which is very different because that's below your stomach. So if you like a lot of people are like, well, if you get that gut feeling, like, well, mine's not really a gut feeling. If it's a gut feeling for me, that's probably the wrong feeling. Actually, if it's from my sacral and I feel that it's lower from that, that's probably the right thing for me. And I've come to find out that when I get that, it's like I when I feel like it's it's 
past that passion point, it's going to feel like this almost dull, long, like drawn out kind of desire in you to get it done, even though you're not like overly excited to do it, but you know that it needs to get done. Like you're like, I I gotta do this. And you have this like pull, but you're like, I know this funnel for eight hours isn't going to be fun today, but like, I got to do this. And then you're happy with it afterwards. It's not like this overexcited. I got to go do this funnel today. This is great. Like, it's not that it's, it's more of this drawn out kind of uh, just feeling that you're like, it's, it's gotta be something to do. And I have to do that every single day. And I got to keep doing something that follows that drawn out process. That's what I would say. I don't know if that answers your question super well, but that's what I would say when I feel it, I know, okay, like that's starting to feel more like purpose to me because I'm past the excitement. I'm past the spark. I'm past the glitter. I'm past all that stuff. It's no more infatuation. If we think about it like a relationship, right? Like when did you know that you loved your spouse? Like, that's what I would say. Like, when did you know that you wanted to put a ring on your spouse? Some of you guys are gonna be like, well, I was in Vegas and I was drunk. Cool. Yeah, that's not it. Uh, but like, when did you know you were going to marry your spouse and say, like, I'm dedicated to that person? Like, that is what you should be equating your purpose to is like, when you start to feel that and you're like, I'm going to be married to that, then that's going to be your purpose. But until then, it's like all the one night stands you had before. It's like all the one month dating you did or two month dating you did. It's all that, right? It's just, it's passion and you just got to try it on and see if it fits. But you don't just walk. I mean, some people do, but you don't really just walk up to a person and just, I want to marry you. Like, that's not how it works. You try them on for a little bit. You guys see how it works, the compatibility. And by that time, it starts to turn into this, oh, I'm choosing to love you every day. This is great. I think it's a really powerful analogy, this idea that passion is sort of the equivalent of the honeymoon phase when they can yeah. do no wrong and all you do is have sex all the time. And it's like... Yep. They're, they're the perfect angelic creature sent for me. And there's there's no rough edges. They can do no every, wrong. Every it's song like, is about you guys. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> like nothing, nothing but giggles and massages. And, <laughs> and then suddenly, slowly, at times, it transitions into something deeper, more persistent. You start to see the, the warts and all. You start to have those conversations. And it settles into reality in some regard, right? When you talk yeah. about an authentic connection or an authentic relationship with your own purpose. And I think for me, it feels like purpose feels like I can't not do that thing. Yeah. As much as I wish that I could avoid it, quit it, etc. Yeah. It's like, I can't not do this thing. And I've talked about this at events that I've led. For me, it's it's writing and writing is the purpose. For whatever reason, that's the jam. And I really despise that that is true on certain times. It's like that writing is hard. Like, yeah, why couldn't, why couldn't my purpose be, uh, you know, going for hikes or staring <laughs> at animals or being a zookeeper? <laughs> not that there's not, you know, difficulties and ups and downs with all of that thing, but sure, I, I distinguish it like, I'm very passionate about going hiking, for example, very yeah. passionate about reading books. Uh, but that's not my deeper purpose, right? And and for yeah. me, I think the sweet spot is 
the hours or the days when I am passionate about my purpose. That is kind of like when I'm rubber hits the road, I'm flying high. Like this feels good when I write something great, when I have an impactful conversation with someone, it's like, oh, here we go. It's working. Mm -hmm. But then there's the whole other side of it, like a relationship when you have to do some maintenance, you have to do some things that are uncomfortable or that you wouldn't actually choose to do if you had all the choices possible, right? Yeah. And so like a relationship, when you continue to turn towards and choose to do those things, even if they are unpalatable or uncomfortable, that is like Mm -hmm. a deeper commitment to something beyond yourself. And that is also purpose. I think that's a great way of putting it. Like that was better than what I said. That was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely, no, bro. Man. No, you did, great. Great. You did great. You did great. <laughs> he didn't want to say that. <laughs> no, man. I just, I love these chats and I love hearing different perspectives and the relationship analogy that you just said, I think is, is exactly right. You know, and, yeah. and if it might not be, when did you decide to marry your partner? But it's like, when did you decide you wanted to be boyfriend, girlfriend? When did you decide you wanted to move in? Like, there's yeah. levels to the elevation of the dynamic, right? And so yeah. to your point from earlier, it sounds like try a bunch of stuff, see what you're passionate about. And if you keep continuing to do that, maybe it will evolve into purpose. Is that a fair? Yeah, decision? yeah absolutely. And like you said, like even some days when it's it's hard and you're like, I really wish it wasn't writing. I still got to write today. I got to write something because I got to get it out of me and I like doing it. And like for me, I was... uh I I love how you said when the passion aligns with purpose, because I don't think that's when people, uh, a lot of people talk about that. I think you you hit something really cool there because when I, when you said that it immediately went to when I'm speaking in front of like groups of men or when I'm, you know, talking on a podcast or when somebody's, when I'm leading a training for men and stuff like that, like I feel that passion and purpose connect because I'm so aligned with wanting to get this information out to guys to just help them improve their lives. And so that's why I think when you noted that, that's a really powerful thing. That's when you're at your, I mean, there's like, my opinion is that there's almost like no drug that's going to make you feel as good as that does because it, you're just, your soul is fulfilled at that point. And it's not just like a quick high. It's like this long lasting fulfillment that you're like, dude, this sticks around. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. One way I've described that to myself first, but then also to others is because I was trying to kind of reverse engineer that feeling because it's not a frequent thing in my experience. It happens once in a while. If you're you're fortunate, you can design your life to, to cater to more of these things. I was like, what is this? Like, why, why do I love this so much right now? And And I realized that I was exactly where I was supposed to be in that moment, doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And it was like crystal clear that right here, right now, like I would be nowhere else. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to do. And like, holy moly, it feels freaking great. And so if you identify your purpose as being, you know, I want to help men or I want to save the animals. Like that's amazing. And that, and there's a hundred or a thousand different routes to get you to that purpose. It might be writing, speaking, public workshops, podcasts, YouTube, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think mm-hmm. trying to 
align the things that you're passionate with on top of the deeper purpose gives you those moments that you described there of like, yo, put me on a stage in front of a bunch of guys and I am lit up. It is expressive, magnetic, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And then the impact, of course, correlates to that. And the impact is like fire and fierce and positive. Yeah. When you said that, I, I was imagining, you ever watch Old School? The movie oh, Old bro, School? come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. Well, I, I just want to make sure. I was like, because uh, it, uh, it, it reminded me of that scene. So like, here, we'll do our last connection to purpose right here. You remember when Will Ferrell was doing the debate and he, he just spews out a bunch of stuff? He's like, I'm sorry, I blacked out. What happened? And everybody's like cheering for him. That's when you know it's purpose. When you just black out and you channel it. <laughs> uh, I love I love this so much that somehow you worked that into a profound <laughs> discourse around passion and purpose. It's that, yeah. <laughs> it's like I left my body. I'm like I'm not even me. I'm just channeling the divine. I'm doing exactly <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. Like Will Ferrell, old school. <laughs> now I'm going to have to put that clip in the show notes for people. Um, <laughs> It'd be so I good. Yeah, Johnny, I guess I'll rewatch old school for the 900th time. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get, let me attempt to get this back, back on track. So uh, not that we're off track, but I want to hear more about your book and this idea of designing a life. And so we've touched upon many of the foundational ideals, right? Around choice, identity, responsibility, purpose, passion, etc. So you've got a new book out. Is it your first book? Is it like yeah, your... it is the first one. Yep. Nice. The flagship. Congrats, man. Um, Thank you. So maybe can you talk me through it? What's the what's the summary? What's what's in there? What's it about? Yeah. So we've already actually talked a little bit about some of what's going on in there. You know, passion and purpose are things that I, I discuss in there for people. Um, it's a book, it's called Design the Man Within. And you know, I'm I realized when I went through my journey that I had to get very intentional because there was a lot of things that I loved about who I was, and there was a lot of strength built around that man, but I had to come to terms with some of that was not serving me in my life to be connected with other human beings, to allow other people to see me, to have deeper relationships, and to just actually look at myself in the mirror and love who I was. And so I was like, okay, like I got to have a rough conversation here. So Design the Man Within came around because the fact that I also have done a lot of research into uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, so epigenetics and then how we can rewire the brain and all those things. And you think about how we started and a lot of where we all started as human beings to no fault of our own was written by subconscious programming from earlier years of influence, whether it was words, actions, you know, and people and TV, all these things, they played roles in our lives to develop a whole subconscious underlayer of who we are today. And so part of it was I wanted us to address this in a way that was, um, I would say, relatable to the real like everyday life. And so for men, I wanted to relate all of this in a way that said, Hey, here's the conversations I know most of you guys are going through in your head. Here are some of the actions I know some, most of you guys have every day because I did all this stuff. You know, I grew up from a blue collar family. I grew up in a man's 
like manly men kind of world, all that stuff played sports my whole life. I was in an alpha environment being an alpha myself, like all of that stuff. Like I live this life. I know what we're conversing about internally and I know what we're saying externally. Right. And I know what we're doing externally, but I know how we're feeling internally. So like, I knew all this stuff and I was like, well, if we're going to get guys to, to be intentional about how they live their life, we need to kind of throw a wrench in this and say, Hey guys, I know this is what's happening. I know why it's not serving you. So let's have that conversation now. So I made a bunch of chapters 19 to be exact, to go over a lot of the things that we struggle with and then address those not only by letting guys know I've been there and where in my life that showed up, but the conversations that I was having then and the conversations I needed to have to get a past those and some of the tools I used to get a past them to then enhance my life and make it fulfilling and make myself you know, a happier, joyful person to where I'm waking up every day, not in negativity or thinking what's going to go wrong or all the bullshit I have to do. It's about like, what I get to do. It's about waking up and actually feeling excited to go meditate for a little bit for myself before I start my day and get into my day and do something that it's like, uh, do I really want to do this? But I know I got to do it. Like getting to that point um, in my life was very powerful. So I wanted to give guys that. So the book is really centered around that. It's for the everyday guy. Um, and it, it, it it helps everyday men find a door to development. So maybe guys listening haven't really like they might listen to your podcast, but they haven't opened a book or listened to uh, listen to somebody's training on it or hired a mentor or anything. Like maybe they just haven't taken like that first foot through the door, right? Hopefully, this book will give them that first foot through the door and make it very relatable. Because the other thing I was trying to solve was. I didn't, and I haven't read, I can't say I've read every men's book. I've read a lot, but for the most part, there's not really a guy's book that I have found in the men's development space that gets them through to more of the esoteric views that some of these other people have put out that I feel are very powerful, but can't relate to the everyday guy. So I I haven't found, I felt that most of the books either kept guys in the past in a way of being a man that isn't complete or whole or well-rounded or adaptable. And then I found the other books to be too esoteric and spiritual. So guys in the middle are like, bro, I don't like where I I don't relate with this guy and this guy over here. Like I I can imagine what he's saying is not right. Like I can't be that way still, right? This is causing the problems in my life. So I wanted to give a book that kind of was different from that. And I hope that this translate that to guys. So it goes over a lot of different things from that passion to purpose. It goes over kind of the foundations of men and masculinity, or at least uh, what I've gathered information around. And obviously, I still, you know, have that running conversation in my head to continue to adapt. But it goes over how guys can get rid of that martyrdom, like we talked about a little bit when they defer their life to external forces, whether it's your kids, it could be justified, right? Like you could feel that that's very justified, but at the end of the day, you sacrifice your happiness um, for something else that you know you could actually show them your happiness, which is even more powerful, right? And so uh, I go into a lot of that stuff and 
it's uh, I go into another chapter that I love, which was um, the victim and the assailant, because we have a lot of victim mentality in our lives, but we're also the assailant as well. We are the person who's creating us to be the victim through a lot of different modalities. And so I want people to realize like we can move past that, and especially men, because we're our worst critics. So I wrote that chapter specifically kind of going around that. But it was to to bring a light to a lot of this stuff. And hopefully guys will see that. Hopefully it'll give them an entrance to that self-development, that men's development space. And then from there, they can take it and hopefully find uh, other ways to continue to grow. But at least that door got opened. I love too, that it's just an empowering title, like design the man within. It was like, yeah. yo, you have agency, you have ability. There are options here. Yep. Curious if women will benefit from reading your book. <laughs> I was actually going to say this and then I stopped and I was like, shit, I didn't say that. And then you just, yeah, it was great. We just transferred energy right now. Like <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah. So it's so funny because I don't like it. I think part of the reason I don't like to say that is because everybody says that for everybody. Oh, women will enjoy this too. It's like to get extra sales, right? But my wife read this and she's like, oh, this is amazing because the fact that like there's a lot of principles in here that are valuable and it helps women, it helps me understand you. And she's like, it helps women understand men better. And I was like, I guess you're right because it is about the real conversations we're having. I'm not hiding anything in there. Everything in there I talk about is like stuff that's gone through my head or I've dealt with personally in my life. And I know for a fact, a lot of men have done the same. Um, or they have those running conversations. So for women, I found that it's helping women just to understand their partners a little better. And so they can become better supporters to them or understand like when they got to remember that we have feelings. You know, my wife said that to me one time. She's like, yeah, sometimes I forget you have feelings. I'm like, ah, no shit. Yeah, we're not robots. Like as much as, and to her credit, as much as we want them to believe we're robots, right? Or we're these stoic stone men, um, we're not. And we have feelings and we want to be loved and we want to be cared for in certain instances. And we want to be, we want to have that like loving touch. And so it does help women really understand that. And I think to me, that's really powerful because um, if women can do that, then they can not feel as frustrated or lost with their partners or like trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, because again, the women's credit guys, guys don't share very well about what's going on because we're taught not to. And so hopefully this book can give women a little bit more ability to give some grace to the partners in their lives and then also lend them a little bit more support. Um, not because they don't want to just because they don't know. Yeah. I love that. And, um, I had my buddy Connor Beaton on the podcast and he said something similar of like, you know, I've, I've been getting a lot of notes from women saying, Oh, this is very helpful to understand how men operate and how men think. And you're essentially getting a, an inside view of what it's like to be a man. And it sounds like that's what your book is about too. And I flashed it when you were describing that I flashed to this little bonfire on the river that we had a couple months ago and me and I think two or three other guys were just throwing rocks, trying to hit like a big rock. And, <laughs> and, and we were like, man, we were into it. It was like the best thing we'd ever seen. And uh, at some point, I think we joked like, why is this such a, like a guy thing to just love throwing rocks? And, you know, there's a bunch of 
bunch of our partners there watching it and like seeing our excitement and in our enthusiasm. And I think that sometimes men can be put in these boxes or these caricaturized versions of humans of, oh, they just, they throw rocks and they lift heavy stuff and they, they forget to put the toilet down and there's these <laughs> robotic, you know, nincompoops. But I think we forget our hearts and our feelings and our emotions to the detriment of all of us. And it sounds like your book is doing a, a huge service in trying to put a stake in the ground that, yeah, we throw rocks, but also like we have heartache and we have feelings and and we are human beings too. Yeah, absolutely. And and the big idea is to get guys to realize that again, because we're taught to we're taught to stifle that as well. And women don't understand it. And if we can open up again to ourselves to really um be able to allow that side to come out, you know, that vulnerable side or that open side and all the different emotions to to be recognized within us, then we can figure out that we can soften up too. And then that's just the better to the betterment of our relationships and to the betterment of being authentic to who we are. So yeah. Amen. And the book's not out yet, right? Or is it out? Um, so it'll be released May 16th. So depending on when this will be out, it'll be uh, either open for pre-order at designthemanwithin.com um, or it'll be available for purchase on the same website. So yeah. Cool. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I'll put a link to your Instagram account, your podcast, yeah, anywhere else Appreciate people that. can find you or you want to you want to drive them. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the website, if you guys, uh, that you can find everything there. So everything will be linked there. So if you just want one place to go, go to johnnylsasser.com. Um, yeah. that has everything you can find LinkedIn. You can find my YouTube channel. You can find, uh, Instagram, all that stuff is, is kind of connected to that. So yeah, absolutely. Will, brother. Will the, um, will the website have your new gold plater, gold plated glitter infused, uh, passion to purpose <laughs> my 40, seven steps, four day, seven step <laughs> challenge for 49.97 yeah 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 my seven day challenge to find your purpose i'm yeah. a guru guys yeah we got this going on yeah. seven steps yeah i mean if you're oh. listening, johnny has a, a big beard looks like he's got a man <laughs> out the back i feel like you're training for this yeah 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 <laughs> find well, your purpose in your golden chariot the golden chariot johnny's golden chariot that's it man that's the the new instagram yeah. thing. but um thank you, thanks for thanks for your heart thanks for all you do and and also you know thanks for your service all those years ago and i just really appreciate the work that you're doing and it is also really refreshing to hear a kind of like a feel-good story from a former military person who is like creating big ripples and big positives because I feel like in the media, we often focus on the negatives and the mm. alcoholism and the addiction and the suicides and the violence. And um, I know that you're doing some really good stuff here. And I just want to say, like, I'm proud of you and, and thank you on behalf of all of us. So it's, it's cool to Thanks, see. Brother. It means a lot. Thank you. Come back anytime, bro. We got to knock some more books out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to have uh, you on all your listeners need to hold you accountable. So Jeremy's going to have a book coming out soon, right? And uh, we'll have to have Jeremy back over on the Art of Masculinity so we can push his book out to everybody once uh, he gets that ready to go. Yeah. Thank you for making me squirm at the at the very end of the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, thank you, brother. Talk soon. Yeah, yeah brother.
Okay, so that was Johnny L. Sasser. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about passion and purpose and a whole bunch of miscellaneous things. As mentioned, he's got an Instagram, he's got a website, and his new book, Design the Man Within, is out now. If you'd like to read it, I'll put links to that book in the show notes, as well as his Instagram, etc. But thank you for being here. Thanks for your patience in awaiting new episodes. Thank you for your support in allowing me to retreat to a creative cave and write a book. And for all of the support, the kind words, the encouragement and enthusiasm, it's just the best. It, it means a lot. And I'm grateful that you're still listening to this. Even though this uh, ending, this episode is just dragging on because I'm just continuing to talk. And I'm sure you've got important things to do like walk the dog and paint the walls or paint the dog and walk the walls. Anyway, you're the best. You can find me online everywhere. You search long distance love bombs. If you've got any ideas, suggestions, recommendations for people I should speak with, please do feel free and send me a message on Instagram at long distance love bombs and spread the word. Please do share this with anybody that you think would benefit from this dialogue, trying to get the word out, spread some positive chi and energy in the world. I don't even know if chi is the right word there. Positive energy, though, is. Okay, you're the best. Thanks for being here, and I'll talk to you soon.